Good day and welcome to episode 28 of the Ombre Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with two of the best mats that I've ever known, Matt and Matt. What's going on, Matt's? Being mad is great. It is. I can concur. And that's all. That's all there is. <laughs> that's to it, folks. all there is. Where's Steven? What's Steve, he up to? Um, he has been kidnapped, and he oh. is currently mm-hmm. in Mexico. Someone should look for him. We should probably pay that ransom. But we haven't got enough subs on Twitch, so until then, <laughs> it's just me and the two mats. We need more bits. More <laughs> bits, please. <laughs> They'll only accept bits as payment. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of exciting things to talk about on this episode 28 of the Over Gaming Podcast. We're going to play a new game, sort of a, an offshoot of an old game. Is it an uh, offshoot of Yucatan Toucan? It's not an offshoot oh. of Yucatan Toucan, unfortunately, but uh, it's a variant of Guess That Game. I'm very excited to play it. Uh, and then the topic of the podcast today is, I almost said early access games. That was last week. Uh, single player games. Sort of in light of a recent article that we wrote, which you can check out at omergaming.com read. We're going to sort of talk about the role that single player games uh, are playing, pun intended, in the industry today. Um what kind of direction we see them going, how they compare to the popularity of multiplayer games. And I think really the ultimate sort of like question that we want to answer is, are they dying? So we'll have a great discussion around that. And then we will have patch notes followed by some community stuff, just like we always do. But breaking news, we got to keep the house. Breaking. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. You can find us at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter and at Ombra gaming on the Instagram. You can also find us on our discord server. So we have a wonderful discord community of people and it's growing every single day. Some people on that community like to change their names and confuse the rest of us. Uh, keeping us on our toes, our, our discord community. So you can find the invite to that on our Twitter bio and we would love it if you joined us. You can also find us on Twitch. So we're streaming most days of the week. Uh, we stream PC games, Xbox, PlayStation 4, and all the things in between. Uh, so find us at twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming. Next up on housekeeping, as always, this episode is brought to you by Insert Coin Clothing, where you can look good and game great. We talk about it a lot because we're a big fan of their clothes, but head over to insertcoinclothing.com, find some rad gamer gear, and when you put it in your cart, go ahead and punch in the code OMBRA. 18 IC for an exclusive 15% off your next purchase, but that does not apply to items that are already on sale or items that have been cooked inside a tortilla. Now that the house is all nice and clean, let's get on with the show. So, like I said at the beginning, we're going to play a new game. It's called Scramble Town USA. I just came up with that one. No. On the fly. It's a bad, it's a bad name but we're going to go with it. So basically, the way it works is I have compiled a list of 10 games. I'm going to give you the letters that spell the name of the game, and you have 45 seconds to descramble them. So and it's called example, Scramble Town? It's called Scramble Town USA. So let me set let me set a few ground rules. So you have 45 seconds to answer. They will be unedited seconds. So for the people who are listening in their car or at home, you will also have 45 seconds to oh, think wow. of an answer. I'm not going to cut it. I'm not going to edit it at all. Unless we beat it. Yeah, unless you guys come up with it before that 45 seconds. So they got to be smarter up. than us. So you have 45 seconds. 
at the end of 45 seconds, if neither of you have an answer, we move on to the next question and you both lose an opportunity to get a point. However, whoever comes up with the answer first between the two of you gets the point, provided you get it right. So I'm going to be saying the name of video games, but I will clarify that let's say the game I'm going with is Monster Hunter World, right? So Monster Hunter World is three words with a colon after Monster Hunter. I'm only going to say the name of the franchise. This is more complicated than Queso or Salsa. (laughs) Oh, you mean that game we never ended up fucking playing? (laughs) Uh, so, for example, like Grand Theft Auto, I would say that yeah. instead of being like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Make sense? I'm making yeah. it easier for you. Right, because we're dumb. Because you're dumb. So, for example, if I spelled out L-A-L-T-U-D-Y-C-F-O and I said three words, that would be Call of Duty. Cool? Do you get it? <laughs> I'm not going to get any of these. Grab a pen and a paper. I recommend it. Okay, I'm ready. Matto, you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to get a timer. So the timer will start after I finish spelling the word. So your first game is a one-word game, and these are the following letters. R-I-C-Y-S-S. You have 45 seconds starting now. Crisis. Boom. Done. No, I got it first. Oh, no. I got it first. I got it first. I said it first. I absolutely said it first. Matt M. said it first. So Matt, you have a point. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're close. You're closer to Manny. That's not fair. No, the internet. <laughs> Your sound travels faster. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, all right. This next one is a three-word game, and these are the letters you have to work with: G E L E L F N G S D O U A. You have forty-five seconds. Three words. This is three words. Okay. One game. Uh, Legend. Legend of. of nope. No. 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 Le- uh, league. No. No. <laughs> not league. Uh, you have twenty-five seconds. Oh, Legends is definitely in there. Maybe not. Elf. <laughs> elf world. <laughs> you have ten seconds. Uh, wait. Look, the, the four. The D is three. throwing. Two, one. It was League of Legends. How did you not put Wait, that together? Wait, where's... There's not enough. Is it? There certainly is. <laughs> I was going to say that, and then it was like, oh, and there's not enough words. No, there definitely is, considering one of the words is just of. No, there's not enough. L-E-A-G-U-E. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, get out of town. Your next word is... I'm sorry. Your next game is a one-word game. And your letters are as follows. T-A-B-L-E-D-T-E-L-I-F. You have 45 seconds starting now. This is one word? One word. Table telleth. Table telleth the game. It's hard because the table is in there as a word yeah, already. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah, well, I moved it around. Uh this is a long battlefield. Game. Battlefield. Oh, battlefield is the correct answer. Oh. Matt M, you have two points. Battlefield. What? There's no game called Battlefield. I told you I would just be saying the general name of the sort of the game or the franchise. Okay. Yeah, that was in the rules. If you'd listened. All right. Your next game is a two-word game, and your letters are the following: N A G A M. E M. You have forty-five seconds. Mega Man. Mage Man. Oh fuck! 
<laughs> Matt O, Mega Man is. Did you hear what I said? Mage Man. I said Mage Man. I couldn't hear you over him saying Mega Man. I said Mage Man. <laughs> That's not a game. Matt O, you're on the board with one point. Matt M, your 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 reign is being threatened. Doesn't Mega Man have a hyphen in it? It does not. Okay. I was trying. All right. Your next game is a one-word game, and your letters are as follows. V-A-T-O-C-R-E-W-H. You have 45 seconds. The Crew. <laughs> I see Crew, that and it's correct. a it's I also see Crew. ta ta va va eto her hero Six seconds. He, Overwatch Overwatch uh, Overwatch it is This is a really interesting psychological experiment to see how your brain kind of Yeah I said hero and that's what got me to say Overwatch isn't that oh. weird Brains are weird man Brains are weird uh, All right we have four left we have Matt M with 3 points and Matt O with 1 Your next game is a one word game and your letters are as follows K O M E N O P. You have forty-five seconds. K O M E N O P. Yeah. Coming up. Okay. Men O P. Pom. Pokami. Pokemon. 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 Ah, why did I it say that? <laughs> Matt M uh. with four points. Matt O, you have one. Get Bra- wrecked. My brain doesn't like this game. All right, we have three left. In order for Matt O to tie, oh, he man. needs to win the next three. Oh. <laughs> All right. Your next game is a one-word game. The letters you have to work with are the following. T-I-F-E-N-R-O-T. You have 45 seconds. Remember, one word, and your letters are T-I-F-E-N-R-O-T. Fortnite! Fortnite it oh. is Fortnite is the correct answer. I thought you spelt the name of that game F O R space B A B I E S. No. <laughs> Matt O, you are closing in on Matt M. Two to four points. Oh, gotta get the next two, buddy. The heat is on. The heat is definitely on. Your next game is a one word title. And the letters you have to work with are the following. L-E-S-E-T-E-C. You have 45 seconds. Celeste. Ooh, so quick with the guess. Celeste is the correct answer. Making it a mathematical impossibility for Matt O to win. But I will give you this last game. And to spice things up a little bit, whoever gets this game gets two points Potentially tying the game. Right, bring it on. All right. Add in the bonus. He needs it. The next game is a four-word title. Oh, no. (laughs) And your letters are the following. B, as in boy. U, P, G. You have 45 seconds. PUBG, player on the spot at the grounds. (laughs) PUBG. That was sort of a joke. That doesn't actually count. Matt... M, you have won this first annual game. We're going to play it once a year from here on out. This first annual game of <laughs> once Scramble a year. Town USA. Congratulations. Oh, thank you.
Matt O, you made it so far, almost toppling the victor. Thank you both for playing. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening. That was episode 28. So that was fun. I feel like that was more of a thinker than our usual games. That was a thinker. Yeah, and I know I said in the beginning that we would have 45 unedited seconds, but most of the time you guys guessed it before that. So sorry for anybody who was like listening in their car and then like pulled over and took out a paper and pen to play along. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know what? Sometimes the world is unfair. But let us know if you beat me. (laughs) Let us know if you beat me. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will uh, refine that process, and, and you know what? We'll come back stronger. So with that, let's move on to the topic of the podcast, which is single-player games. So again, this is just going to be an informal discussion on single-player games and their sort of where they stack up against multiplayer games in popularity, uh, in design, in you know, and, and we'll talk about the things that we like about them, etc. So why don't we start by going around the group here and talking about like a, a, a memorable single player game uh, experience that you've had in the last like two years, let's say. My most memorable single player experience, probably, I would say The Witcher 3, which is crazy because I still haven't finished like half of that game. Yeah. But it's just, it's so content heavy that like I, I feel like I've already gotten my money's worth out of it. Even though, like, I, I haven't even played any of the DLCs yet. I haven't beaten, like, the main story. But, like, I've it's delivered so much on, like, so many levels that, like, I don't feel like I was, I'm missing, um, even missing out. I mean, I feel like I'm missing out by not finishing it, but I don't feel like, oh, I didn't get, you know, enough by playing it. What, what, what like, stood out as, so, like, as a single-player campaign, like, what made it such a memorable, so, like, solo it's just It's just, like, the world that it creates, really. It helps that it's been taken from like a whole series of books, and so it can draw on all the lore that's been mapped out from there. But it does it in like, like the visual style it creates is it's incredible. Like the worlds feel like they feel alive. It's not just like a big world where it's like oh it's big and you can go really far and you can see a lot of monsters. You know, just doing it. It feels like a real fleshed out world, and you're just like a guy traveling around in it. To jump in, you're also like a really well developed character. As well as like all the people around you, their personalities feel interesting. Yeah, and I think that's like the mark of a good single player experience is like where the world is almost indifferent to your existence. You know, like like you're just a part of a world. Mm. You know, you're you're not like the center of it. Like you're not. Everything doesn't happen because you, of of the fact that you exist or because of the actions that you take. Like the world will will keep going after you're done playing kind of thing and, the, and it always existed before mm-hmm. you started playing mm. um that's a good which reminds me actually a lot of of dark souls but i won't go down that rabbit hole um <laughs> matt m what about you um i also, want it's funny to like have to make the distinction between mitch which matt i'm speaking to you can call me detective horse can i just call you steve oh <laughs> No. Uh, so yeah. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna talk about. I agree with Matt that I, I've also only gotten to maybe half of The Witcher, but uh, I agree that's a, a really good example. Um, I wanted to bring up though Titanfall Two because, and I'll also say there's always posts on Reddit about, oh, this game's so underappreciated, and they post Titanfall Two, and it's so annoying. Um, sidebar. But Titanfall 2, because the... Do you feel like it's appreciated the proper amount? I don't know. 
sounds like you just don't like Reddit. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the single, that is a great example of a single player campaign that really shines in a shooter in a first person shooter. There's tons of interesting mechanics. There's tons of levels that build upon each other and challenge you in different ways that I'd never seen before in shooters. You should play it. It's always on sale if you want to play it, but spoilers if whatever. Two of the level designs I want to talk about. One, there's a level where you are in a factory that is building like platforms of houses and lawns and stuff like that. What what kind of Matt, can you expand on that? I kind of forget it a little bit. Well, it's like building like training like oh, sort yeah, of like it's scenarios, facilities and scenarios, yeah. but it's yeah, so there's like houses and lawns and different uh, configurations of buildings that, that it's putting together. And so you're going through this factory as it's putting things together on these platforms, like houses and garages, stuff like that. It all puts these on these platforms. So you're like running through them as the platforms are moving, shooting people. And then at one point, all of the platforms go sideways, so vertical. So everything is like, upside down in your perspective and you have to like climb up to the top and it is so confusing but so unique and different that it just like grasps you and you just like keep going and then the other level which is like just unbelievable is uh you find a like a temporal i don't know device that you attach to your hand and with with a click of a button on your keyboard, you go from the present to the past. And each, right? Is that correct, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Present to the past. And the transition is seamless from present to past and past to present, which is crazy. And each environment is like different. So in the present, it's all like these creatures because the facilities sort of like shut down so there's like growth all over it and yeah, um, yeah there's these creatures hiding in the bushes and stuff like that like giant lizard things and then you go into the past and like the facility is pristine and there's guards and stuff like that uh, and there's all these different challenges where you have to go between the two time periods in order to progress further in the level because in one time period maybe the this hallway is destroyed but in the past it's not destroyed but there might be a security system so that's how you get through and then you switch back and you just like keep switching back and forth and it's just it's just magnificent yeah i would say yeah and i say like the way like the combat works is so cool because it's like you have to think okay i don't have to just fight these guys head on like a whole like huge squad of like goons comes out and you're like oh i can't like fight these guys right now so you go back to the past but you can see like there's a little outline of where they were all standing. So you can like take uh, that, okay. you can walk over to where they were and like take out a hand grenade and just like wait, go back to the past and you'll be behind all of them. You'll just drop the hand grenade and then go back to the present and then like go right back and they'll all be dead. I will say for the Titanfall 2 campaign, you also develop a relationship with your like mech and that sort of drives the story forward, which is great. And so it's just a really good example of a uh, of a game that has a strong single player campaign and then also strong multiplayer combat PvP. Even though the PvP in Titanfall is just absurd, it's so hard. But you could just buy the game and, and play the single player campaign if you really wanted to. It's very good. Um, for for me, the most the one that's like freshest in my memory would be Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. 
it's very good and and i've talked about it on on past podcasts and i've written that i wrote the review of it on uh the open gaming website but yeah it was just one that really stuck out because i think it highlighted bethesda's dedication to the single player experience um and they have been pretty vocal about I think they had this sort of like movement or campaign called like save single player. I think it was, um, it, it, it almost compares to, to God of war, which is also a single player experience and really obviously stood out, but it compares because of the way that it's not open world. It is on rails and one transitions from, you know, they, they, they all transition to the next, but they give you little outlets to sort of explore and like, and use to your advantage. So like in God of War, for example, you can choose to go down this one path and solve a puzzle that you can open a chest with and use that item to do X, Y, and Z. Whereas in Wolfenstein, you know, there's a point, sort of spoilers for Wolfenstein, but there's a point where you can have access to um, different uh, combat mechanics. And depending on which one you choose, you can progress through levels differently. So for example, one of them is like this like vest that like, it like compacts you really thin so you can fit what? through the vents. Yeah, it like it like squishes you tiny like all thin ways and you can like go through vents and stuff. And then there's another one that are essentially like ex- expandable stilts and you can get way up high and go over platforms that you wouldn't be able to access otherwise. And then there's another one which I used called the ram shackles which are like giant shoulder pad type things and you can like blast through certain walls. So for example, if you didn't have that sort of perk enabled or if you didn't choose that tool then you would walk past a wall that you know they're designed differently so you know they're breakable but you would never know what's behind there right so it's like that kind of like creativity that the, those kinds of games give you to get through any one challenge a number of ways um, and I think that's where single player games will shine and, and by that, I mean, when a single player game gives you the ability to play the game your way, despite ha- giving you rails to continue through. And I think, yeah, I think that's ultimately the most important thing, right? I've talked about it a lot, but like the respect for the player, I think is an important aspect of any game, but especially single player games, because single player games, generally speaking, have, a, I would say, a little bit less of a learning curve than multiplayer games. But as long as they're not like spoon feeding you the answers, I think that's where a single player game can really shine. So, Matto, I'm kind of curious. So, you recently wrote the article on OmbraGaming.com of uh, describing or sort of asking the question: Are we witnessing the death of of the single player experience? So, I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts about like the outlook? for single player games. What do, what do you think things are going to go from here? I wouldn't say we're witnessing the death of like the whole single player experience. Mm-hmm. Like I mean look at like last year, like two of the biggest games of last year, like what Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey. We're both single player games, you know, and then we have God of War coming out this year and that's a huge one too. I I don't think the single player game is necess- is going anywhere i think it's changing but um i don't think it's like losing sort of popularity but definitely when i'm t- talking about the single player experience it's more to do with like fps's because in that regards it's definitely starting because think about like you know you know wolfenstein you have that doom came out the year before but th- these are all like you know what like bethesda like it seems everyone else seems like they've kind of just given up on delivering like a meaningful single player experience like Call of Duty Black Ops maybe was the last time a Call of Duty game had like 
a campaign I was even remotely interested in. <laughs> right. And I think that that's generally true. I, I, feel, I feel like most Call of Duty players would agree. Because, like, the thing with, like, a shooter, when you're playing a single player, the point is to, like, encourage the player to experiment with, you know, everything they have. And, like, you know, find different ways to, like, you know, do, do this level. You know, you might need to use this weapon. You're fighting against this enemy. It's easier to use this weapon or, like, use this power or whatever. The problem is, like, if you look at the Call of Duty games, it's basically, like, point A, point B, shoot everyone in between with, you know, you, all the guns are basically do the same thing. doesn't really matter. And there's no, like, you know, encouragement to actually try something different. Like, with you know, with Titanfall, like, that game, like, made you, like, okay, everything you've learned about, like, using your, you know, wall running and your double jumping and your... You know, the, the teleportation thing. Like, everything you've learned up until that point, it makes you put that in the game. Yeah, I think a game that in, that innovates on itself is that'll make for a more impactful single-player experience because when you're playing with other people, there are a billion more outcomes that, that you could arrive at based, you know, depending on how you interact, depending on how they react to your actions, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, a thousand things could happen really at any at any given moment whereas a single player game it's a one-way street in terms of interactivity i mean everything else is already baked into the game there's no unpredictability the game knows exactly how it's going to res- respond and react to your actions right and you can you know eight times out of ten sort of anticipate those reactions but a game like you said like titanfall that actually innovates on itself and like subverts your expectations by changing the in-game mechanics for a single player game, I think that's the most that's like one of the most impactful things it can do. I won't spoil it too too much, but the little amount that we played of that indie game, uh, the messenger that we played at PAX, like does exactly that. And I think that I think a game like that's a great example too. It's a side scroller, right? It's like you're a ninja, you can climb up surfaces, throw ninja stars, you use a sword, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's these really crazy ways that it totally subverts expectations like halfway through the game two-thirds through the game and even like at the end game uh stages like it totally changes the way you play the game you know like limbo i think is another good example of something that just constantly keeps you guessing yeah and those but those are those are games that like i feel like the single player experience is taken to account before they even write one bit of code right that's from the get-go i am worried that the games that Will, that make their money in the multiplayer world just are, are just going to give up on the on the single player uh which is sad because you have good games that that could make a great single player experience and a lot of those games are like shooters like matt said i i, I wonder i mean like there are you look at the rock stars of the world the the bethesda's even ubisoft in a sense even though they are so heavily focused on the multiplayer experience like those guys are writing narratively complex and narratively intriguing games. You know what I mean? Like we look at the Red Dead 2 trailer that just came out. Like that's that gave us a look into what is sure to be a super narratively driven single player experience in which you can do and there are, there is interactivity with other players, but it's telling us a story. I mean, like even the trailer itself was like watching an HBO commercial. I mean, it was like super cinematic, right? And like and and I do think there is something to be said about games moving in the direction of movies, right? Like if we look at gameplay trailers, if we look at, I mean, God of War, right? Like all those cutscenes, all done in one shot, like that speaks to a cinematic experience. And movies are, if you had to 
pick a label for a movie, I would say it's a single player experience, right? Like you're sitting there, even if you go to the movies with your friends, you're consuming it, you're interpreting it, and you're like sort of ingesting it differently than, than your friends would. And so I think there's something to be said about like the fact that games are starting to sort of mimic that experience um, from like a narrative point of view. But you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm definitely like, you know, worried that these studios who have done amazing things in the single player realm in the past are going to sort of bail on that because yeah, when you think, right, exactly. When you think about what makes, if you're the head of, head of EA and you released mass effect Andromeda and say it was a little better than it turned out to be, people play the game, they play the single player, there's whatever they they're done with it. If you're then looking at other games whether it's Overwatch or even Destiny 2, for that matter, even though it sucks, or uh, you know any of the Call of Duty or anything like that, you're going to put all your eggs in Anthem. You're going to put all your eggs from your little basket in Anthem because that's a multiplayer experience game where you can you can just add in repetitive content, put it put it in there. They say they're doing single player stuff. They say they're doing story driven stuff, but you know they're going to have cosmetics. You know they're going to have loot boxes that people are going to pay money for. Uh, that's what's going to rack in the money, uh, you know? Unless you put in so much time and energy into a game like a God of War or something like of that caliber, like The Witcher, your single-player game isn't going to net you as much money as a, a lesser good multiplayer game will lesser good is not that's lesser good that's that's not as good yeah for not as good and i think it's interesting when you have these like hybrids right like i look at ghost recon wildlands where there's a massive single player story and you can play it co-op like steve and i played it a lot but it can be an entirely single player experience um and it 100 hours probably i've put into it and i'm not even close to being done because I'm doing all these side missions and stuff. But that game does have a really robust multiplayer experience as well. And part of the reason I'm not done with the single player's experience is because I've been spending way more time playing PvP and doing the, you know those modes. So it's interesting because those two modes have the same mechanics, right? Like the movement mechanics, the shooting mechanics, the reloading is the same. You know what I mean? Like uh, stealth is the same. So like if I want to if I want to have the same experience that I feel so rewarded with uh, in multiplayer, but I, I don't feel like having the intensity or the panic or the hand sweats of, of playing PVP, I can have that same experience, just single player. Right. And I guess like, like the same could be said for, for dark souls, right? Like it's mostly a single player experience unless you have somebody join you for co-op or you summon somebody to help you with a boss fight. Or if you, you know, willingly switch over to PvP and you do some of that stuff. But these games that provide both platforms within the same like world and within the same mechanics, I think that's like probably, I mean, I'm not like a business guy at all, but um, I feel like that could be a really successful model because you're giving the consumers the best of both worlds. Um, and it's up to them to flip that switch, especially if you, if you have the same mechanics then it's like the same game, but I'm just not playing with real humans, you know, which for me is fun. I don't know. Sometimes I don't like people. And I think there's also something to be said about like couch co-op games, um, even though they're not like single player games. Like it's interesting, like the the buckets that we can sort of categorize these games in, they range from single player to multiplayer to 
couch co-op versus online versus PVE, right? Like there's all these, and it's similar to the to the early access conversation we had, which is like, how do we label all these things and how do we categorize them, you know? Couch co-op is something that genuinely I think is on the verge of like yeah, totally dying. I think dying. the only thing keeping couch co-ops alive are, are indie, indie developers. Well, I'd say like, yeah, I mean, even maybe like Mario Kart and Smash when it comes out, yeah, I was Those just going to say like... indie developers and Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they're definitely dedicated to that, which has always been their thing, right? They don't even have, like, split, like, split screen. Like, that was a big thing, like, when Halo 5 came out, is that they just didn't... No more split screen. Yeah, no, I mean, like, split screen, I think, is definitely on the, you know, video game endangered species list, just oh. because it's hard. And even the games that do have it, like boy are they hidden in complicated menus and setups like i try to play a rocket league split screen and i forget how to do it every fucking time it's impossible to get to that screen well do we even want to see other people in person anymore i mean i think that's what it comes down to i don't like people and i never want to see them again that's why we don't record this in in the same place yeah this podcast you know spoiler we're not in the same room we're in the same house though we just don't want to see <laughs> each other but yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting time and i think you know, unfortunately, but also I guess you know, I'm sure there's a silver lining somewhere. Uh, most of the, the the decisions that impact single player versus multiplayer is driven by revenue, right? Um, anyway, let us know what you guys think. Give us a call if you have thoughts about the single player experience. If there are any single player games that you particularly enjoy playing, let us know why. Uh, you can call us, you can email us, tweet at us, etc., etc., etc. We would love to hear from you. So, with that, let's move on to Patch Notes, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. And this is Patch Notes 5.10.18. Matt M., why don't you kick off Patch Notes? What, what's the latest news? The latest news hot off the presses one week late. So, what I wanted to talk about is there was an article today on Kotaku by Patricia Hernandez, who I do like reading. Uh, Well, the title is Top Fortnite Streamer Starts Cursing Less and It's Causing Backlash, which if that Starts cursing less? Yes, and causes backlash. And if that sounds ridiculous to you, then guess what? That's my opinion, too. It's ridiculous. So the whole quote-unquote controversy is that Ninja, who, if you don't know, is a very famous Fortnite streamer, I was originally a little critical of him. I remember, I don't know, a month, a month and a half ago on a stream, uh, on a, not a stream, on a podcast uh, because I just don't like his style. And that's true. I still don't like his style. Um, however, since then, I, I've actually seen him appear on some news shows and things like that. And he's very well-spoken. And so I do respect him for uh, how he presents himself and, and how he represents the Twitch community in general. I'd like to agree with that. Uh, I will allow it. He's, he said this. My goal is to make it his Twitch stream, that is, like your classic SpongeBob SquarePants where uh, parents at home can get a dirty joke or something like that, but the kids are completely oblivious. Uh, and some of his fans are or original fans i don't know fans that have been with him for a while have tweeted back at him saying you know things like you're selling out you're trying to be mainstream just be you this was a money move but i don't like yes it is a money move 
because he's making tons of money. He is an entertainer. Newsflash, Fortnite is a game that tons of young people play, middle school students, high school students. He is tailoring himself to his audience, which is a smart entertainment move. Now, more people in that range where parents wouldn't let them watch him are going to watch him, and they're going to talk about him, and they're going to buy his merchandise. So you can call that a sellout or not. I personally don't think he's selling out. I I think he's just making a a pivot to where his audience lies, and those are the people that play Fortnite, which are mostly kids. Uh, And then... Uh, he he said he would start putting tags on his uh, streams and videos, like ratings, so PG, PG, 13R, because he still wants to play with celebrities and things like that, and Drake, yeah, and those will obviously be more R-rated um, if they're, like, people that, you know, he's, he's playing with that he can't control and, you know, what they're going to say. So... I don't know. I think it is not a controversy. I think people that are up in arms that he is uh, like selling out. I, I, I think it's silly to even label him that. Uh, it's it's a business move. And he's the one raking in like hundreds of thousands of dollars every month or whatever it is. So, And he still seems pretty down to earth and is pretty well spoken. And in my opinion, does not seem like a sellout. So. Well, good for him. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's a smart move. Also, like, who, like, I don't know. I could talk about it forever. Yeah, it's just something silly to be mad about. Yeah. Sounds like, like, a lot of gatekeeping <laughs> Yeah, the fans' part. It's like, I, 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 I was a follower of, of Ninja when he used to say boobs all the time. <laughs> and now he doesn't say boobs as much. Well, uh, <laughs> my patch notes is that Walmart may have just spoiled E3 for everyone. Yay. Uh, so Walmart Canada, so this is coming from a Variety article um, written by Stephanie Fogel. Walmart Canada apparently leaked a bunch of unannounced game titles on its website. The listing included pre-orders for AAA title, titles like Rage 2, Just Cause, Just Cause 4, Gears of War 5, Borderlands 3, and Lego DC Villains. There were also placeholders for sequels that we don't that we do know about such as Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Beyond Good and Evil 2, and The Last of Us 2. And many of the League games have since been removed from their site. So, yeah, Walmart apparently put placeholders on their pre-orders page for games that haven't been announced, some of which were anticipated to be announced at E3. Um, and Bethesda reacted in the funniest way I think I've ever seen Bethesda react. So one of the games that was potentially leaked was rage 2 obviously uh from bethesda rage the game the official twitter account of rage tweeted back and said hey at walmart canada here are a few notes so the the box art of this placeholder you know because the game hasn't come out and it's not near release they essentially it's just a black box on top of a and that says like xbox one and it just says rage 2 uh, so Rage, the official Twitter account, you know, they tweeted back saying, hey, at Walmart Canada, here are a few notes. And they circled where it says Rage 2. And they said, wrong font, not all caps. And then like incorrect key art and like essentially like, you know, scribbled all these notes all over it. And they actually made it not only their banner photo on Twitter, but their profile picture on Twitter is is the Rage 2 placeholder box. And then Bethesda, the official Twitter account of Bethesda, responded to that tweet just with the word dude, period. 
And then Pete Hines, the uh, director of PR from Bethesda, retweeted that with the caption, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, so there's all this talk about how Walmart may have just totally blew the lid off of E3 um, because Bethesda does have a really big uh, showcase planned for, for E3, so I'm sure if, if these games not are... not the next Elder Scrolls game, I will just... Riot. I will riot in the streets. And then there's actually a, a lot of people who are saying this is all calculated and they did it on purpose to build hype towards E3, so who knows, but still pretty funny nonetheless. I wouldn't mind a Just Cause 4. Those games are, are a silly time. They are a silly time. I loved Just Cause 3 multiplayer mod. All right, that was my patch notes. Matt O, what do you got? All right, well, I got the breaking news that uh, it's funny that we were just talking about it. Uh, Anthem is going to be uh, have an early access release, apparently. Hey, confusing oh. yes. times for Anthem. EA CEO Andrew Wilson is quoted as saying, Anthem is a fundamentally social experience, and we will open up new ways to for, gen- uh, for fans to join the community and play early, enabling us to shape and refine the game with their input and feedback. We're deeply excited to launch this brand new franchise and equally excited to work with our players to make Anthem a game they can't wait to play and share with their friends for years to come. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, could be a good thing. Could be. Because they did, they said, you know, a while back, you know, Anthem, it was supposed to be released in 2018, pushed it back to early 2019. March, now, March yeah. 2019 now. March 2019, yeah. Yeah, there's no um, news here, no news of, like, a release date, when they're going to be re- having it open for early access, how, like, far in advance of the release it is. Is it limited? Yeah. Isn't it limited? Uh, well, like, or because, like, like, EA that? has, like, on Origin, they have, like, the, what is it, the Origin Access, which is typically, like, oh, they have a subscription, and they get, uh, they can play the game five days early, but, like, obviously five days is not, like, that's not, like, a nearly enough time to, to it actually kind of sounds like the fact that it got delayed to 2019 and now they're saying that it's early access in early 2019 it kind of sounds like they want to just say it's going to be delayed to late 2019 and this is their way of keeping promises yeah it, it's like people usually look at it and they're saying like, oh well this is really fascinating what they're doing here even though the game's like clearly not finished it's clearly has like a lot of problems and bugs and in like you know other right, issues. You can use the defense. Oh, it's in early access. Yeah, it's in early. That happened. Like that's with PUBG right now. Like because like that game was huge, and people kind of like overlook the fact that the game was like a buggy, broken mess. But yeah, and then it comes out, and the game's still like beset with tons of problems. Just kind of the reason why it's kind of losing to Fortnite now, because you know, even no, regardless of what you have to say about Fortnite, it's a polished game. Well, that was Patch Notes 5.10.18, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. If we missed any notable news, let us know. Call us. Tweet at us. Be our news reporter in the streets, and we will pay you in podcast minutes. So before we close it out, let's do some community stuff. This week's community shout-out goes to my good friends Tambo and magnum bear so actually this is a funny story so i was on <laughs> i was on the ghost recon wildlands reddit like a oh, not a year ago maybe like eight months ago when i first started getting into the pvp stuff and i i found i essentially posted you know an lfg i was like hey looking for like a good crew i have play. no friends i don't have any friends i'm looking for a good crew to play pvp with 
this guy named Magnum Bear responds. And he's like, hey, message me. I'll play with you. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll mess. I'll uh, find him on on you know the PlayStation Network. Sent him a uh, PSN request. He never responds, right? And then a couple days later, I'm playing Ghost Recon Wildlands PvP. Guess who randomly gets put in my crew? Magnum Bear. None other than Magnum Bear himself. Wow. Yeah. So I threw my mic on and I was like, Magnum Bear, it's me. And and now we're we're just the best of friends. Uh, so yeah, and then Tambo, uh, I think, is a friend of Magnum Bear's IRL. And uh, we play a lot of Ghost Recon Wildlands together. So shout out to you guys. They re- recently started listening to the pod as well. Nice. So, yeah. Magnum, sorry I was piss poor today in Fortnite. I got to learn to build better forts. So that was the community shout out. So before we close out, we do have a voicemail from our number one caller, Reese. He wants to talk to us about early access games. So I'm going to go ahead and play uh, this voicemail, and we will respond. So let's see what Reese has to say. Hey, Ombreketeers, it's Reese calling in, and uh, I wasn't going to call about your episode on uh, early access, but then you said you'd want to hear from your listeners, so here goes. Look, early access does not exist. It's a marketing term. The second that a product is put up for sale for some sort of money or for free with some sort of monetization on it, it is a product being sold to the audience. And that should be reviewed as a release because it has been released. They may have great intentions for improving the game, but the fact is is that they're asking for money for it as it is now, and you cannot review expectations. You can only review what you have in front of you. Manny gave the the example of uh, the the poor poor developer whose game without sound got a 5 out of 10. That's fucking generous! Jesus Christ, how dare they charge for something with without sound in it? And they have a chance to control when the official review is. That chance is to not release it until it's ready. I do think that there, there is space for like pre-sales and stuff, but you need to be selling a finished product, and you should expect to be judged on the product that you are selling. Getting Gathering feedback from your audience is called alpha or beta testing, and in and should be done with free copies. If you're charging, then you need to deliver. And if you don't, you're going to be reviewed accordingly. Anyway, that's my take on it. Uh, take care, you dudes. Bye. Aw. Thanks, Reese. I think I made some similar points um, about alpha and beta testing. I totally agree with Reese on that. Uh, that's the point of what alpha and beta tests used to be. And now folks are like, well, here's early access, pay us money, and we'll we'll pretend it's a beta test. Uh, and then didn't I talk about in the last one, like when you release a game as early access, you're like releasing an unfinished product and like... You said it's like buying an unfinished other, car. <laughs> right. In what other industry are you allowed to release an unfinished product? And we couldn't come and, up and with any. For it. And charge right. for it. So, yeah. yeah. I think I think Reese makes a lot of good points, and I agree. No, I, basically I, I with totally, all of them. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing I do want to clarify is that none of us were saying that like developers who release early access games should be reviewed more lightly or should be given favor or anything like that. We were simply asking the question: Should early access games be reviewed at all? 
You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying, like, for example, Radical Heights, which was the game he referenced. For the record, that game is free to play. And and I wasn't saying, oh, why would you give it a 5 out of 10? Because it doesn't have sound. Don't be so mean. I was saying, of course you're going to give it a 5 out of 10. It doesn't have sound, you know? Um, and so I wasn't saying, like, hey, be nice to this developer. I was saying, why are you bothering reviewing it a free-to-play early access game that doesn't have fucking sound you know what i mean like that's not going to help me as a consumer that's not going to inform my decision to invest in this game or not if i if especially if it's free to play if i download this game and it doesn't have fucking sound i'm not going to play it probably unless it's like amazing this amazing silent game that i'm unaware of but um yeah i i don't again this comes back to the point that I made at the very end of the podcast, which was like, we're not okay with paying for broken shit or unfinished shit. We just want to have the messaging be clear. You know what I mean? Like we want to be told upfront we're X amount, you know, done with this game, or this is the state of the game. Currently, we're going to charge you a little bit less. We want your feedback, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. Right. I mean, I agree. Any early access game should be free to play. I think that's a fair, that's a fair ask. That's not asking too, too much. But yeah, I mean, he is right. You can only review what you have in front of you, what you have in front of you, you know. Um, and and I don't think we were saying review expectations because you can't review expectations. But hold your review for when you're told the game is done, I guess, right? But of course, because of marketing and the need to drive impressions and clicks, no one is ever going to do that. So that's why you go to omergamey.com/read for the most objective and qualified reviews on the internet so thanks reese for calling in we always appreciate it when you give us a call thanks thanks for continuing to listen you're the best well folks that was episode 28 of the omra gaming podcast and you can find this episode wherever podcasts are listened to whether it's spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher itunes apple podcast or google play we're there so find us there and tune in. And if you feel so compelled, if you enjoy what you're hearing, throw us a rating, leave us a comment, let us know what you think about the show because it goes a long way. And as always, you can also reach us at 347-509-5620. So with that, folks, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you and we will talk to you very soon. I would love to have like a friend in Skyrim running around. I think that would just be cool. Like, well, what are you looking for from that experience? You want like a world like Skyrim where you have a buddy to run around with, or you just want a narratively deep just story? Part. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it was a dumb point. It was stupid. I it want was to play dumb. Skyrim with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. It sounds just like it.